Hello, welcome to Trophy TV. It is the final with Everton 1, Brighton and Hove Albion 1 at Goodison Park on Saturday. Uh, we almost did it. We almost won three games in six days. We were close. And a deflect. Well, fluky goal, to be fair. Brighton fans, don't lose your shit. Man. I've just said that. It was a fluky goal. Yes, I took a deflection, but it was a fluky goal. Um, joined by Jack. Me and Ped joined by Jack in the studio. Jack, we were close to doing something very un-Everton-like and winning three games in six days. Yeah, I think we all knew the fatigue was going to be a factor come Brighton at the weekend, especially later on in the game as well. It became very apparent. You know, three games in the week is tough for any team, but for a team like us who don't have that many bodies, you know, the quality of the squad depth is good. The numbers aren't mm. we just don't have enough numbers we didn't have a single midfielder on the bench at the weekend and we really could have done with one off the bench big reason for that obviously is Onana's injury but mm. we could have done with other players we could have brought into the fold to help see out the game and it would have been a massive win for Everton and I still maintain it was a decent performance but it would have been nice to have the three points to show for it as well. Ped, obviously, Jack's just mentioned there, Amadou Onana mission mm. with a calf injury, apparently a minor one. Uh, and the manager played Ashley Young at right back instead of Nathan Patterson. He'd obviously mm. started in the 1-0 win at West Ham the week before. But you're a little bit, you're a bit disappointed A, Onana was missing and B, Patterson was out. Or did you expect Young to start? No, I was obviously disappointed. As we all were, we don't know Onana. Mm. She's a very important player. And when you're playing good sides, you need to have your best players, don't you? That's the difference. Um, managers obviously made the decision that Ashley Young's going to be starting right back between him and Patterson. Whether that changes when Seamus Coleman comes back, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, he played 45 minutes on Saturday as well for the under-21s. Um, it's one of them, isn't it? I suppose it's... When a manager makes his mind up on something, you... Is, is there any point sitting here every week sort of debating the situation? We can talk about, obviously, Ashley Young's performance during the game. But when once the manager's made that decision, you're just, you're just screaming into the void, aren't you, a little bit? And he prefers them. And, and yeah, we all want to see... We all want to see um, players come into the team who are young and evolve and grow. But the manager has different ideas at the moment. So it is disappointing, but... What can you do? Mm. Um, Brighton come to us and obviously we knew Jack that they were going to dominate the ball. They, they did. Very mm. much so dominate the ball. Um, and we knew that we would try to play them on the counter-attack. And Even though they kind of started on the front foot in terms of having the ball, Everton had created an opportunity quickly with a, a ball into the box that ricocheted back to Abdelai Decore and I've heard it said, if you, he done one of them things where he just caught it too full and it went straight at, at Bath Ruggen in goal and he made the stop. But a good early indication that Everton could get into wide areas and get balls into the box that caused them problems. Yeah, well, it looked straight away reminiscent of the 5-1 against Brighton mm. a few months ago where we were cutting through them with ease. They were dominating the ball, but mm. when we won it back, we had no issue getting it up the pitch quick and... That was good to see. That was a standout performance for Everton, not just last season, but across the last few seasons. Mm. So an early sign that we could maybe come close to replicating that. Okay, maybe not quite the scoreline, but the same level of performance and mm. hopefully get a win from it. 
it was encouraging. I think Decore, like you say, he hit it too clean, and mm-hmm. he's better when he just scuffs them yeah. a little bit. But no, it was encouraging. We got a shot off that area, and you're thinking, <clears> okay, we can have some success here. We're getting down the wide areas. You know, that's going to be a weakness for Brighton because of how high they push up the pitch, especially mm-hmm. in the wide areas as well. So, yeah, it was a promising start. And Ped obviously we built on it a couple of minutes later by taking the lead, and mm. we've got the stills in. Something we've, we've talked about, Vitaly Michalenko needing to improve in his game, get higher up the pitch. We know recently he's in really good form from a, de- a defensive perspective, mm. but this was the other side to his game, and, and we see the going to go through them here. He wins this ball on the halfway line, Gay plays it back to him, and he's under pressure from two Brighton players. He goes in to the battle with them, doesn't give it up. We take it on again, he knocks it forward to Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And the good thing that Michalenko does here is he carries on running, as we see in the next clip. He's bursting to get in the box and try to force Brighton back. Dom plays it wide to Dwight McNeil. He gets it onto the left foot, puts it in, and you've got Michalenko circled in the middle there. Waiting. The cross comes in on the next one. Michalenko reacts quickly, gets a shot off, which but Brogan saves and it comes back to him and he just swings the right foot at it, just hit the target. He does. Lewis Dunk sticks a leg out and the ball goes into the roof of the net and Everton 1-0 up in the opening seven minutes and that's what we need from Mikko. Yeah, yeah. That extra bit, because like I said, defensively of late, he's playing, he's playing, playing really well. No, no, it was, it was really good and real determination to get up the pitch and to stay up the pitch and nice to see a player take a shot with one foot and, and then, you know, score with his other foot mm. and no he's deserved that for his last few weeks he's been he's been really good defensively yeah. and it was nice to see coming the other side he's definitely he's definitely grown as a player mm. um and it was nice to see him get something at the other end for for once and Tiak, i think you know the goal obviously gave us a, a, a great boost and i think i don't know whether whether you felt like this but just in the stadium it was just like a calmness we were winning one then it was like yeah, if this starting to feel like we've got something nowhere is like recently and for too long it's felt like a novelty when we've scored. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I, on Saturday when he scored, I was sort of like, yeah, this is what we're starting to do now. We we have a level of performance. We're scoring goals, and we're in games all the time and making it difficult for teams. And I I thought that I felt we could we could go on and build on the early goal. Yeah, well, the last few weeks have shown a level of performance that mm. we've managed to reach consistently on a couple of occasions. Mm. And then when you get an early goal as well, again, I'm going to reference the result from last season. It looks like you're playing in similar fashion mm. to where you got your really good results. It is going to back up the positive feelings that people have had about Everton lately because mm. it, it's all about hope at the moment with this fan base. It's something we've not had for a while. and. Mm. It's looking like, I mean, touch wood when I say this, we are just building a decent, consistent level of performance. Mm. Nothing out of this world, nothing amazing, but enough to comfortably be safe and just stay away from that conversation entirely and just finally start moving on an upwards trajectory. And we mentioned after the Burnley game as well, you know, it didn't feel like, you say, like a novelty that we were winning mm. or that would one. It just felt like, oh, hey, this is what I expect from Everton. Less so against Brighton because they're a great team and you know you're happy to take the leads against them. But it again it reinforces that idea. That, yeah, we can take the leads. Yeah, we can beat these because we've done it before and this side's consistent enough to maintain that. Pat, did you like sitting there and we gone one the up? Were you thinking 
this is kind of what I expected. They got on the front foot again with the ball. But we were the threat, and we had that one not long after we'd scored where Dominic just didn't see the core race yeah. run. If you'd have seen him, he'd have slid him in and he was in on no, goal. I, thought the I game, was boosted by I it. thought the game plan was working quite well. You mm. know they're going to have loads of the ball. And it you know it doesn't disappoint me what we've ended up with at all. I, I couldn't care less about mm. possession. You know, Brighton are a better team than us. Yeah, They're a better team, and that's proven with the results so far. The style of play has evolved for them, mm. and it's it, they're in a great place. It's evolved over three, four seasons, mm. and obviously it's been taken on by the Zerbi. They're a really good side. You've got to be able to stop them and then and then try and do something yourself. And I mm. thought, certainly in that first half, that's exactly what we were doing. We were catching them in the right places, and then we were using Dom and Decore really well. Um, but you, you have to stop them first. That you, there has to be maximum concentration because of the way they move the ball. You know, they're so good at they're so good at having like three or four options when they get the ball. Each player they create so many good situations. The defenders are really comfortable on the ball as well. The full backs go really high. There's so many issues to deal with. And I, I certainly thought in the first half we were we were coping with it really well. And to get the goal did take the pressure off everyone. There's a I don't think in the last couple of weeks there's been that nervousness at Goodison no. because people start to... And this is the difference, right? This is the big thing, is that you don't have to like what you're watching, by the way. Mm. You don't have to like the style of play. You can go the game and see that we're moving in the right direction for where we are right now. You, you, you I, I don't like the style of play in terms mm. of... in terms of, like... How much we have the ball, or, or, or what we what we're what we're doing with the ball as such, or how we get up the pitch, it is what it is for right now. Mm. We all just want to get to a place where we're comfortable and say, right, we're in that place now. Let's see if we can get to the next place. Mm. You you can't you can't run before you walk. This is something that mm. I think Frank Lampard got seriously wrong. You have to have that level of stability, like Jack said, that level of performance. So you can go the game and say, right, I understand this. I mightn't like it, but I understand it. There are better teams than us, lots of better teams than us. And it's how you deal with that. And I, as I said in the first half, I thought we we coped with it really well. And we were, we were value for our lead as well. Yeah, they. Uh, I got, said it on the live, a couple of people saying my like, Matt's reaction was negative because I said we have to be better with the ball. But some people... It's, it always amazes me that you speak and some people hear different words than what you say. My thing was, to move forward, we have to be better with the ball. Never once was I saying we have to have 70% possession at home, because that's not what I'm talking about. 20% at home, to me, is, is really poor. I'll say that right now, no matter how good the opposition is. 20% at home is poor. However, all I meant was, I understood the plan, like you. For the first 35 minutes, it, to me, it was working perfectly. They had nothing in the final third, but they knocked it around lovely. And what they're really good at is moving into space. They get it, play it, move into space. It's great to watch the worker, the patient, the well-coached. What I meant was when you're doing what we're doing and you do get those spells when you win the ball back, we can't just toss the ball away again. It was more prevalent in the second half than the first half. I did think in the first half we did carry that threat. We carried the threat when we won it back off them. And we broke. It was just a couple. And I think the manager referenced this as well. We had opportunities where we made the wrong decision a few yeah. times when we were in on them. And 
down at the Amex in May, we made the right decisions and we put them to the sword. On Saturday, we made the wrong decisions and there was one in the first half, I think it might have been James Garner, where we worked the ball and he shot and he should have just helped it on one more. Was it Garner or was it McNeil? Someone had the shot and it should have gone on again. We had an overload and it was those moments where you're like, that's got to be taken care of because that's a great chance for us. We had a free kick, edge of the box. Garner should have hit the target with. I mean, it's... I think Luca Dean's the last Everton player to score my free kick against Watford in the 96th minute about four and a half years ago or something. Mm. Um, it's amazing that no Everton player can to, score. To be fair, you, you don't see that many. We don't even hit the target no, though. You don't see that many free kicks in the Premier League. No, we, don't, we don't even hit the target. I mean, they hit the target, centre back hit the target, second half. But we did have, for me, a strong claim for a penalty at 1 0 mm. on Dwight McNeil. And someone said, oh no, it was well outside the box. Well, I've had a look and a few other people have, have sent me in and I, I spoke to someone who isn't even an Everton fan who said, have you seen this? This should have been a penalty to Everton. So let's have a look at the stills and see what we what we think. We've got Dwight McNeil here. And this is where the infringement is. Now look at his foot. Now his foot's on the line. It's a penalty. Yeah, that's not on the screen. Oh, sorry, we're on the third. That's the third. Take the second one on. Sorry, Ned. That one. Dwight McNeil's feet are on the edge of the on the box. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And the lad is leaning. Yeah. Is it? It's can't stay right back, isn't it? Um, he's leaning, shoves him in the back. Mm. The referee take it on again. The referee's got a great view. Yeah. There's the view. That's where McNeil's going into the penalty area with the ball. And there's a clear shove in his yeah. back. There's no intention to play the ball. Mm. And then McNeil ends up. You can see him going over the next one. He ends up with mm. it in a heap on the floor. And I just thought, to me, that was a penalty. And yeah, yeah. certainly worth the referee going to have a look. If they'd gone overlooked and gone, well, no, because I. But at the time, it looked like it was. Yeah. A, it seemed so obvious. The Park End haven't coordinated this thing of all jump up for a, a thing. So I, I thought we were a little bit unlucky there with that decision. I don't know. I don't know whether you thought it was different. Yeah. I, I think the argument that was made on the telly was uh, Calvert Lewin had barged the lads who went into the back. And McNeil, I I'd need to rewatch it mm. to be honest to subscribe mm, sure to that idea. That. Mm. I thought that if that's the case, give a free I kick. I thought in the game it was a penalty. Yeah. Um, again, I've told said this a million times. It's not a. It's the media don't make any noise because mm. it's not a big enough game and no one cares and you move on and no one no one talks about it. It's not highlighted. It it it, it could have been. Mm. Um, but. And they're the turning points of games, aren't they? Those it was times. an important moment. I mean, we we had a bad decision go for yeah. us, which is, which I thought at the time it was a, a brilliant goal from Lewis Dunk. We'll mm. just have a look here. We've got a, but I was fuming at the time because I could see him stood on his own. And yeah. Tarkovsky yeah. moved forward, and I'm I'm screaming like the lad. Next. Why is he? Why is Dunk? Who's the the best editor of the ball? Why is he on his own? It's whipped in. You can see we've got Dunk circled. In it comes, and look at the space Dunk again. He's just pulled off him. Take it on again, left foot volley, connects with it brilliantly, and it's past Jordan Pickford and in the net. Mm. You're thinking it's 1 1, and then there's obviously, you're, you, you knew it's going to be checked, and then the bar decision comes up. And I actually, people to the left of me must have had access, I don't know how, but they screamed, Evertonian screamed, like no goal, and I'm waiting for the, and then big bass behind me. It's like, not a goal, not a goal. And then, obviously, the announcement comes up. But that is tight, isn't it? That is tight. I mean, he's offside. But you're talking 
like we, it was a it was a bit of a yeah, let off on yeah. it because we haven't marked and Sean Dykes is actually going mad. Pickford went out to Tarkovsky and was bollocking him because he just left their most dangerous player on their own. And that is something that we haven't done we we've not done well enough lately. We've seen at West Ham last week, Jared Bowen went to Corey, left them in the header. Luton punished us for that. Are you a little bit surprised that we're not we're not kind of tighter off defending and attacking set pieces? Yeah, it does worry me that we always seem to leave the last man in a little bit of space. Mm. It's quite often the biggest man as well, and yeah. they're always <laughs> going to make that diagonal run in or they're going to head it across the box. Either mm. way, it's quite common. Yeah. If you've got your largest man over there, your biggest aerial threat, you're going to mm. put the ball either him to run onto or him to head back across. Mm. There was another situation in the second half. They had a free kick in a similar area. And Garner was marking Lewis Dunn. Yeah, and again, he was left on his own. We can't leave him on his own. Mm. Thankfully, the delivery weren't great. Yeah, yeah. We got off with that. But that is something that needs to change. We got off with it the last few weeks. You know, the, the West Ham won the Bowen one. We got off with that. Yeah. This one, by an even finer margin. <laughs> he does break away and connect. But mm. he, he's half a toenail offside. Yeah, and yeah. Got off with it. Luton punished us for it. You mm. know, we didn't get off with it then. Something needs to change there. I know defending a set piece, you defend it as a system, and if, if you move one thing, maybe you compromise another area. Mm. But we need to figure out a way to sort that area out. Definitely. I mean, as, as like the half went on, I felt like we just started creeping further and further yeah. back, and Brighton had older the game, and they were playing you know, the football they play with. They keep it, and like I said before, they move it really well. And uh, said to Andy next to me, like, this will be a long hour if this is what we're gonna do, and I'm I'm not convinced we'll keep them out because we just we started just kicking the ball anyway, and it's like that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying yeah, we yeah. have to be better with the ball. And obviously we went in one nil up at half time. We come out and I'm thinking, can we use the ball a little bit better here because there will be opportunities the way they play. But I just don't think we used that anywhere near well just enough kept second half. Did we? Back to them. Yeah. I mean. This yeah. is the players, by the way. This isn't the manager. No, the we have to is use you, the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying to protect what you've got, and that mm. becomes a that becomes like a state of mind, doesn't it? And yeah. You're doing everything you can, so you're mm. not not willing to take chances. Mm. So Decore goes further back, so he's got some a lot more distance then between him and Dom. Yeah. Your full, your wide men, sorry, they're tracking the full backs because they know the score. They've they yeah. they're tactically switched on enough to. To, to look at that situation, see how can we change this. I mean, if we'd had a better sense, if we'd had, if we've got had another better centre back on the bench, I think we could have put three on and gone gone wing back to, to wing backs. Mm. But we haven't got a good cent, another good centre back on the on the bench. So you've got you've got you've game, the game now is becoming a game of chess, isn't it? You know, mm. you it's all in game now. The data's all there. Good managers will look at what they've got on the bench or what they've got on the pitch and say, we're going to change things up. If we're sitting back more, then they're going to tuck the wide men in more and push the full-backs up because there's no need for them. Mm. All these little things that we don't do. And this is this is where people might criticise the manager in, 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 his, in his changes um, and in the style of play and say, what we, what we typically do as a team is the whole game from start to finish is played in exactly the same way. And that's where maybe football starting to develop develop more. And listen, it's not a new thing, of course. It's not a new thing. People have been making subs and making changes. But the amount of different formations and different setups teams with really good managers now can can do um can and make make those changes is fascinating now. 
Um, but we never seem to change. And we have a manager who doesn't know, maybe doesn't know how to change. Mm. And certainly, even just changing the personnel. And I think that is an issue for Sean Dyche. I think that is something. And this is not this is not being all, you know, I need to I need to find a way to slag him off. I'm not bothered. It's 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 I think everybody knows this is the issue we have. We don't have a big squad. So you take Onana out as a, and then you've lost your centre midfield sub. You know, so you haven't got a centre midfielder. You you've got Beto on there who the manager clearly doesn't really trust to be another centre forward option. You've got Dan Juma, the manager does not trust him to put him on out wide because he doesn't think he's going to do the defensive work. You're cutting down your options all the time. It's like, well, why yeah. are they there? What are, what, are the, what are the situations that the manager can put these subs on, on the pitch? You know, does it all have to be happy and rosy to put them on the pitch? Is, and that's that's a worry, that. Mm. And I just think that for for this game, I just thought that the only the only sub he had was a sub that he made on, on Wednesday. And it was to put Ashley Young at right midfield and put Nathan Patterson at right back. And 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 I think that would have been a really good encouraging substitution for the team, but also for, for Patterson's development. Take the pressure off Ashley Young, who played who played 19 minutes on, on Wednesday night to give a 38-year-old another 19 minutes. I find that a little bit strange again. Mm. I know he might be fit. But again, it's the mental side of the game, isn't it? It's it's mental fatigue. It's dropping off. It's being a little bit worried about the opposition. If you're not making subs when you really need to, you have to look at the bigger picture then and say, right, what can we do mm. different? It's in-game adaptability, isn't course, it? Yeah. And you know that can be something complex like an entire system change or it can be something simple like bringing your second right yeah. back on and effectively doubling up on their biggest threat and I mm. think that's the only real sub he has on I do understand why he doesn't trust Dan Juman and mm. Beto in a game like that and the Patterson sub should have been made yeah. I agree with you and maybe that's something Sean Dyche needs I, to I revisit think, I think in the second half we got a bit of a second win didn't we we started attacking a little bit and we got a couple of crosses and stuff in and then that stopped and I think that should have been the moment where he made the change he said we've had that little goal I think it was around the time where Dwight McNeil pulled one wide and I was thinking that that was the bit then I thought right You've probably got five minutes now to adapt to get bring someone on and adapt it without being caught out because we weren't under the cosh. But you knew as lot as that goes on and as they make subs, you're gonna find yourself in a situation where you you're looking to make a sub, but while there's a lots and lots of pressure, mm. and that's never ideal. I understand why he doesn't like doing that as mm. a manager because you take that concentration off for a couple of minutes and. They, they exploit it and you get caught. But I did think there was a little lull there where he could have made that sub. And that is his biggest issue. And I don't care whether you're his biggest fan or you hate him. That's 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 a real that's a real negative for Sean Dyche. His in-game management is isn't particularly good. No. He just doesn't know how to use a squad. And this obviously comes from the Burnley days of not having a squad. And to be fair, he still hasn't got a squad. Mm. But you've got to when an opposition side now can basically sub half the half of their team yeah. and freshen things up and they all know their job and they've had a clear week. Mm. We haven't. For me, that's you've you've got to start taking those chances now and again. The manager of City go, I didn't do it at West Ham and see we were fine. And we would have been fine if it wasn't for a, a deflection. But like you said before, it, it, it did feel like they were always gonna get something. 
whether it be a piece of quality or something like that, just felt like that. The game, like the second half, it, we were just retreated. And when we when you don't have the ball for long periods and then you get it back, you have to use the ball better. And our energy levels did start dropping. They were moved because they moved the ball. They tie you out. You know, my players, some of our players, I think eight have played against Burnley. And I think eight of them have played. It was the third game in six days. So they were always, like in a, in a game where it's say more even possession wise, where they're giving possession away as well and you've got the ball you can use it and then you might get away with it mm. but a team that drags you out of position because they keep the ball we're always going to force us back we started looking side pads like white mcneil had a great chance and i'm thinking just bend it into the far corner i understand what he tried to do he tried to go near post and take the keeper out the game but he's missed the target he should have hit the target he was it was a clear shot at goal and that was the moment I think with 15 minutes left, it was the time. Jack Harrison was was knackered, was absolutely exhausted. And personally, he could have took him and Ashley Young off and put Patterson and Dan Juma. But that's a big gamble, play, taking a whole right side off, especially when Matoma was their main threat. But the moving Ashley Young to right side of midfield and putting Patterson on a right back made loads of sense because Harrison just, he was knackered. You could see he was working out. The kid gives everything. Every play, I couldn't fault the players for not running around. But there was just that moment, Jack, where that fresh legs would have given us that impetus with 15 to go. Yeah, and at that stage of the game where Jack Harrison effectively is a second right-back mm. as well, it makes sense to bring on an actual right-back to fill that role. Mm. It's not like playing Patterson and Young at the start of a game mm. at 0-0 and effectively sacrificing any creativity down your right-hand side. At that point, we weren't looking for a goal, obviously. No. We, we were still pressing from the front, mm. which we'd done all game, and I thought the press was effective. Mm. You know, it was employed strategically. We didn't press them in the middle as much as we might do other teams, because that's obviously what Brighton wants. And I think they only really caught us out with that once, and it's when we committed bodies forward. Yeah, and I think yeah. that was our last big scare then. And yeah. like, right, we're sitting back now. And I think if you are committing to sitting back, it makes sense to make a defensive substitution. Mm. But they brought another centre-back on at 1-1, yeah. ju just for the same reason, just for fresh legs, just solidify it, and, yeah. and it worked. Because we did have a spell after the goal we where did. we could have got back into it, and you know they kept what, us out. Why do you think he, he is so reluctant, though, to put fresh legs on it? Because like Ted just said, it's not like a big... It's not a... I think like you've got your team wrong. It's just that the opposition can make half a team change. And and when the teams had a free week like they had, mm. so there's freshness in their legs. It's it, it's no like slur on the players if they're knackered by coming into the last fifteen, even the last ten minutes, we were winning one nil. That should have been the time to go right. A will break the game up by making a sub. B, we're putting a 21, 22-year-old on who's got bags of energy, likes to tackle. Ashley Young is is experienced enough to just sit in front. And like you said, we didn't need to go and try and chase a game to get a second goal. We were winning 1-0. And quite clearly, the game plan was sit and just knock it in and let Dom and Decore get after it. So that was the frustration thing for me because you could see it and people are going, make sub. You could hear people saying, make sub, they're knackered, they're running around. So why, why do you think it is it? 
part of it obviously is the lack of options mm. as well you know we have got to be fair we don't have as incredible squad depth in terms of numbers as other teams do you know mm. the teams that are making but he did four have a right back though. game mm. that was the sub he could have made it, a lot of managers won't change at back four at one nil they just won't whether they, they should or they shouldn't mm. is another thing but a lot of managers especially a slightly more old school english manager like sean dyche it's just a change a lot of them wouldn't make he should have made it. Patterson on right midfielder. Yeah, same concept. We had two right yeah. backs, didn't we? We, we still would have had two right backs. He there. should have done it. I think Daisha's thinking was probably I've got one sub I can make here if this stays the same. Mm. And, you know, it, it, it's changing the structure of defence. It, and there's always the possibility with substitutes that, you know, it takes them five mm. minutes to get into the game. With Brighton having so much of the ball and going through Matoma, who's mm. a very good dribbler, I understand not wanting to take that risk. I do understand. I just think, and I, I just think he made the wrong choice. Mm. They've made four subs before we've scored. Uh, before they scored, sorry. Mm. So they showed. You know, they brought on Jao Pedro, mm. Fatu. You know, they brought on Fatu. Jao Pedro, Pedro, Pedro and, and Fatu. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, I love your little twist. I was just good. trying to get the words out quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and and, right. and those changes have obviously they've changed the style slightly. Mm. They've ended up bringing a fifth, a fifty uh, with a defender coming on at the, at the end, like Jack. Well, said. they took Andy Gray off, courtesy of Graham White. Yeah. Called a dingra Andy Gray. Simon Andy Gray. Yeah, similar. <laughs> you know, they've, they've, and obviously they took their older players off, Lalana. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, James Mill and they took the older players off as well to freshen it up, and that stuff's gonna catch it out every week. It really mm. is. You're playing good sides. I just say, I'm like. It, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's going to catch us out. Mm. It really is. It's going to catch us out. And as I said, if we maybe if we had a, a de- if we had a third decent centre back, then I would go. I would have gone three at the back, and mm. and you could then move Harrison and and Dwight McNeil into a more central central age, okay, that box midfield. Mm. Um, the manager will say he's got his hands tied, but he's st- I think there is a point in games where. The tiredness comes into it, mentally and physically, yeah, and has to it. take over those decisions. But they use the ball so well that they're going to try it out. Of course That's are. the problem. It's that they're not going to... It's not like I said before. They were tossing possession away as well. You can settle it down and keep it, make them... But they don't do it. They, they keep the ball really well. And they had... Mm. You know, the biggest scare we'd had up until that was Lewis Dunk's free kick. I've mm. seen him at the bar against yeah, Fulham last week. Last week. Yeah. And then you've seen it and we're like, oh, I don't mm. like this where mm. it is. And Pickford makes a really good save. It's close to him, but still a good save because Dunk hits it really well. He tips it over. Mm. In general, we kept them to a minimum. They had all of the ball. They had, there was no real moment where I thought they're going to score. And then Everton had another claim for a penalty. And I actually think this one's even more mm. of a penalty than what Dwight McNeil's. And it's Dominic Calvert-Lewin. It's at 1-0. And the big thing for me here is, look where Dom is. Mm. Look where the defender is. He's got his hands on Calvert-Lewin. And Calvert-Lewin's just trying to spin him. And if he lets that ball run past him, he's in on the goalkeeper. So why would he go down? And yet the lad has two hands on him, drags him down. And the referee, again, is looking straight at it. And VAR are there for that reason to look at it. Yeah, it's similar to the one that uh, Man City got last week, wasn't it? Mm, And you're just like... Grabbing all the people. Yeah, in the the Rodri one in the Manchester derby. And you're like, that's a penalty as well. I mean, forget, you know, Tarkovsky had two late on. 
they were out, but they were outside the box. The ref didn't give either. The lad shoved them twi in, twice in about 20 seconds. Two hands in his mm. back. The ref's looking at it. I'm not saying the fella, the referee from West Sussex, was influenced by anything, but what I'm saying is that to me is what VAR is there mm. for. That was a penalty at 1 0. I know KB didn't get it, but it's so frustrating because other teams will get them and they'll score the pen and the game's put to bed. And that, if I was Sean Dyke, I would have. I, I'm not sure he's going to go Phil Mikel Arteta on anyone. But I I know he did reference it, but I think he could have made it. But he a does say that more. both of them are penalties in, mm. in the press conference. He does say that. Mm. But, but he does it in such a way that it's like, I'm not, um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not, got, I'm not kicking off, but they were, weren't they? Mm. Ah, but oh well. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and then obviously, Brighton's quality in getting the ball wide to Matoma, who is, let's be honest, he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, and that seemed their only kind of route back into it would have been through him. And we, we look at the goal, and this is what we're talking about with the, the fatigue coming yeah. in. Like, just look at the distance where Harrison is away from Matoma. The ball's played out to him. Harrison's got a lot of ground to him. And we've seen this throughout the days that John Dykes likes to defend narrow. Mm. And therefore, when the ball is switched, you have to get out quickly to the wide player. Harrison gets him, gets out there. So we're okay here. So I'm thinking, force him back onto his right foot. You take it on. It's exactly what he does. Right, okay then. If that's the area we're getting yeah. him in, let him see what he can do with the right foot. Because Matoma's big threat is sending you the chippy and going past you, isn't it? Giving you the little dummy and going past you he into the box. He cuts inside, doesn't he? he all he does, we take it on. As you can see, Harrison is literally going looking for Mars bars in the upper bullens. Matoma goes beyond him and then gets into the penalty area. Can Ashley Young get out quicker? I don't really. I think Ashley Young's probably in a decent position. It hits Ashley Young on the knee, take it on, and then it's travelling towards the goal. You're still hoping this ends up behind the goal, take it on again, and you can see the only place really that Jordan Pickford can't reach it, and it drops into the back of the net, and yeah, it's ended up 1-1, and, and you you gutted because that is, if they shoot, you know, we'd had, like I said, Lewis Dunk deflected Michalenko's one in, but it's a shot on target, that was a cross which we'd have probably dealt with, and it hits him and loops mm. over Pickford, could have gone anywhere. Um, but you know what? Everton did that thing, didn't he? That we went again. Yeah. And you're like, why didn't you do this five minutes yeah, and put yeah. the game to bed? And we end up with having a really good chance off a corner. You know, the corner's crossed in and Tarkovsky puts it back into the mix and somehow they smuggle it away from the line. I was like looking at it, expecting it to be lashed into the roof of the net and just see the street end with limbs and the ball ends up like this high by the goal and then Brighton somehow smuggle it away and that was your moment really we did have the two pushes on Tarkovsky which could have resulted in a free kick it was both were outside the box neither were penalties but it would have had a free kick on the edge of the box and then you're thinking oh don't let these break in because they got a corner and injury time didn't yeah. you think you know, yeah. don't let them break I think we head. did the right thing trying to push back up the pitch though oh absolutely yeah, yeah, because yeah. normally you know put yourself in Brighton's shoes they're the better team they've just mm. got a late equaliser yeah, normally for the win. in those yeah. scenarios it, it's that team who mm. then goes on to try and win the game but he made two shots in the 89th minute brought Dom he off took yeah. Dom off on a he corner. took Dom off off a corner who's like our best head and it's like 
let the corner play out then. Or, I know he's taking him off for Beto, so, but let the corner play out then, put Beto on. Yeah. Well, that to me was a bit of a matter. That to me clearly shown that he'd been wanting to take Dom off anyway because he was knackered, but again, he didn't trust Beto in, in that scenario defending a lead. The lead goes and he goes, oh, what have I got to lose? And then he brings Beto on. And Patterson. But, yeah, yeah, the Patterson one, <laughs> the Patterson one was weird. Yeah. Better, I would do understand. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. not as switched on as. But Cal don't take Dom off off a corner because yeah. that's he's more likely to win at Edder, isn't he? But yeah, I, I understand not bringing Better on at one nil because he's not as switched on as Calvert Lewin. And then mm. if you do get the ball, you need the outfall. You need someone switched on who's going to make the appropriate run. for I mean, yeah. then at the the other corner, which come in and Sarkovsky had at the back and the core. I just seen the core rise in front of the keeper and thought he was just going to yeah. nod it in, but the keeper comes and takes it. And you know, the whistle goes, and the crowd had seen that the team give everything, so there was no, you know, everyone was appreciative of the effort they put in. It was just when you, you know, think it was the eighty fourth, eighty fifth minute when the equalised, you're a bit like, mm. oh, why didn't you know how come we couldn't just hold out there and. Brighton obviously heavily dominant in the game in terms of having the ball, but like I said, there was I honestly there was no time that I thought they were gonna score, other than the obvious time when a ball gets tossed in and you're thinking, can we defend it? We defended it really well. We got blocks in. You know, we've ended up, I think they've had two shots on target, and one of them was Lewis Dunks, the other one. Was I can't even remember the other one. I think it just come through Pickford just grabbed it. That was it. So we've we've done. Sean Dyke, I'm sure, and Ian Warren and Stone will be gutted mm. that we haven't won the game because we've, we've, even though they've dominated the ball, we've kept it to a minimum, haven't we? Yeah, and it is disheartening to drop two points that late on, mm. but I think with context, you can look at it and go, nine times out of ten, Young just stops that cross and then that moves dead. And do they get something after that? You know, with the but amount they, of possession, they, know, they, yeah, are, they, yeah. might, they might carve a chance, they might mm. not, but like you say, They'd only had two shots on target before then for as much of the ball as they'd had they hadn't done particularly much of it and i do think overall it's a moment of bad luck and yeah there's things that we could have done to limit that but still like i say nine times out of ten i think young just stopped that cross and he's got unlucky there ped i mean again i hate doing this but i'm gonna do it anyway do it you know the morning of the west ham game if someone would have said four yeah. points from west ham brighton We'd have, we'd have took it, wouldn't we? Definitely. If someone had offered me four points and to go through the cup mm. before the derby, yeah, I would have yeah. took it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's moved us on, you know, to mm. get an extra point, isn't it, against a good side. And we're all disappointed because we lost, the, we lost the, uh, the goal so late. But I think on the balance of the game, I think, I think a, a, a draw is the right result, Yeah. to be honest. Um, yeah, I said that I couldn't make a point that Everton deserved to win. I couldn't. But I also can't make a point that they deserved it just because they had 80% possession. I think, as I said, the 80% possession is just it's part of the tactics almost. Yes, we mm. fell short, but we, you know, we often say here yeah, like it's 35 to 40% is when we play our best football. Yeah, it really is. We mm. we don't want too much of the ball. We see what happens. We we. We lose, it helps the opposition. Mm. So we, you we might... haven't got, we, it's mainly, isn't it? Because we haven't got like a t- hugely attacking fullbacks so or yeah. we don't play that way. And we haven't got one dynamic winger, whereas other teams have. Whereas I think when we have the ball a lot, those rare occasions mm. when we have had the ball, we end up like almost playing at a standstill. But do you think if we would have had Amadou O'Nana, those that percentage would have been a bit higher because he is someone who does get on the ball. 
doesn't he? And lately he has been kind of dictating, I think, the way we play a little bit more, hasn't he? Yeah, not only that, he gives us another option of getting up the pitch as well. You know, mm. we've seen it against West Ham, how often he'd turn and just drive with the yeah, ball. And, yeah. you know, our biggest issue at the weekend in terms of giving the ball away was just how long we had one pass and it was just playing it to Calvert-Lewin and would just lose the ball because we had nothing on. Just yeah. having that little bit extra can be the difference. It just gives you it gives you two moves instead of one. It makes that slightly bit less predictable and means you can get up the pitch slightly easier. Maybe you get something from it, maybe you don't, but you're taking away their time with the ball mm. and you're getting closer to that sweet spot of, you know, around 30% and it, it just takes away their time to do stuff with the ball and it makes them a little bit more cautious as well. And it also slightly less forwards. It also lost us a midfield sub as well, didn't it? Because Garner's been off the bat, you know, you're looking at that thinking he would he might have been someone who could have come on for even at the light of Corey mm. with, with fifteen minutes left just and just pressed, field, just pressed or or whatever. And mm. you know, it is one of them things. But you know, we're back to at the moment a point a game. Mm. Um so we pick some points back up and you know, we've got another we've got Crystal Palace next week. And then obviously there's the international break in the yeah. manager. You know, we can go to Palace. Palace, it's a very winnable game. It's tough, of course it will. But Palace aren't amazing. They're a, they're a team that's generally always in the middle of the league, no matter what happens. And and Everton have got an okay record down there. So we go and, and battle and scrap and fight for it. We, there's no reason why we can't come away from there with a win or at least another, another point and just keep mm. chipping you know, putting points on top of each other. Uh, let's have a look at the match stats from the game. Um, 1-1, Everton had 10 shots for Brighton, 7-4 on target for the Blues, just 2 for Brighton. Neither side had a big chance, 20% possession to 80. Uh, two players who, you know, I think that was, was, was it three clean sheets in five games, Everton have had, haven't they? Um, but the two, you know, the centre-back, James Tarkovsky, at the weekend, I thought was absolutely brilliant. Our captain, and he's been, I think he's made more blocks than any other defender mm. this season so yeah. far. And for me, he was brilliant again. Let's have a look at his stats from the weekend. Uh, two clearances, one interception, won five out of eight of his duels, completed 60% of his long passes, and had one key pass. But it's his organization, and he yeah. did go to sleep for the dunk goal that got choked off, and, mm. and we have got a that's a team thing, but just the way Sean Dyche was kind of having a go with him and Pickford makes me think that they had told him about that. Um, but in general, he's been a huge reason, hasn't he, Ped? Why we no, have been? He's grown that. massively, absolutely mm. grown massively, and I think maybe having Branthwaite next to him and not only having a better defender with him, having a more balanced setup, mm. and also being um, a mentor to him in a way on the pitch and yeah, off the pitch. Yeah. He's, you know, he looks like a proper Everton captain now, and he's he's um, it's all fitting in together. Mm. And he really looks like he's taking pride in representing us. Yeah. And um, yeah, he, he was he, he played really well. He played really Showed well. Showed a little bit of shit out really, with the tackle on yeah. Andrew Fatty yeah. as well. Um, Jack Vitaly Michalenko scored Everton's goal, his first goal at Goodison Park. Yeah, yeah. Um, he said it was a dream come true from the. When he, you know, he, he signed from the Ukraine, he couldn't believe it. He'd scored a goodison and all that. But he's certainly, since he got back in the side, he's got better and better each week, to be fair. And, but just look <laughs> at his numbers before you wax lyrical about our Ukrainian left-back. Let's have a look at his numbers from the weekend. There we go. Three clearances, uh, two interceptions. 
two tackles, two shots on target, one goal. I'm seeing him a little bit higher up the pitch at times as well, which is something I think he's got to do a little bit more of. But just right now, he's playing really well, isn't he? Yeah, well, you mentioned him getting higher up the pitch and that's mm. how he gets his goal. And, you know, yeah. we mentioned possession and needing to be a little bit better on the ball. Something that we've lacked is the full-backs mm. pushing up and we actually get a goal from a full-back making an underlap and run mm. while the winger takes the wide space, the full-back comes inside. And mm. it would be nice to see a little bit more of that. He's never going to be Leighton Baines going no. forward, is he? But... He can at least be a presence up the pitch and he has found some level of consistency the last few weeks with some decent performances and look i don't want to get carried away he needs to do it for a bit longer yeah. before you know we drown him in praise but I, I really do hope that this can be his level now when he maintains this because he's a young lad and we put decent money down on him and if he can be our left back for the next few years he will be if he keeps performing like this, but we just need to see a bit more of it, and hopefully it continues. I mean, Paddy asked he, at the weekend, he's got to work on just getting, like McNeil does, McNeil just mm. gets half a yard and puts it into his own. I think if he does that a bit more, he'll be more of a threat as well. I mean, we still need another left-back, as in yeah. an attacking one who will put pressure on him and someone to battle with the two of them, because we haven't really, we haven't got that. We've got Ashley Young who's yeah. jobbing really around, doesn't he? So we Everton do need another attacking left-back who will battle it out for, mm. with Michalenko, but he's definitely improving. No, he has improved, isn't he? Absolutely. And he's, he's playing improved. really well, isn't he, at the moment? He's improved defensively. He's very switched on, knows the job he's supposed mm. to do. And you want him to do well, don't you? Doesn't really. he doesn't um he doesn't second guess stuff, he just takes the opportunity when yeah. it's there in front of him. Mm -hmm. Um and it was nice to see him score. He, yeah. he he has he we do need another left back. I, I can't stress that enough. Mm. Because as much as he's playing well, he does not have the skill set for the other side of the game. Mm. To give the manager the opportunity. And that's all we're talking about, yeah, by the way. Yeah, by the way, it'd be great if you had a full back who could do both. But you've got to have the option. Mm. You've got to be able to have the option to have a player who can go forward, who can give you the other side of the game. Otherwise, you're limiting yourself as a team mm. and as a squad. So we, we seriously need that. And if you can get one in, who's around, you know, a little bit younger, and, mm. and, and then you've got competition then. And then battling with each other and they're pushing each other. And that's exactly what we want from a squad. We shouldn't mm. just sit here and go, well, he's getting better, so therefore we don't need another left back. No, no, you do. You need the competition all over the pitch. And he hasn't got any competition. No. So you want to create well, that. If top side, I'm, Everton are the top side, of course, but if top sides are talking about having those options, then why wouldn't we have an option who, who is a bit different than what Michalenko is in terms of you might get one who's, who flies forward and put loads of crosses in and therefore, Aris, you know, Aristotle, I remember back in the 90s, Everton had about four who could play on the left and Andy Inchcliffe, who was a left-back, ended up playing left side of midfield and was a great yeah. balance. We've seen Leighton Baines with Lescott at first till he got to think Moyes would play him in front of him at times, just the odd time to use him. You've seen it in different teams over the years where you know Chelsea have played two left backs at times. Just gives you that little bit of an option, Jack. It gives it? you that adaptability as well. Mm. You know, if you got a proper flying left wing back, you've mm. also got the opportunity to maybe move Michalenko the left side of a back three. Mm. I think he'd fit that quite comfortably. And then, you know, you, you wing back and push up the pitch. Maybe that benefits someone like Dan Juma, who's a mm. bit more of a wide forward. He then comes in as more of a striker and your left wing back becomes your wing presence. Michalenko covers him. And you know, that's what we were speaking about before yeah. in game adaptability. Yeah. If we want to be able to change things, 
yeah. you've got your competition with left backs, but you might be able to have them mm. both and change your system. Flexibility. But maybe yeah. that's something he could have done on Saturday. Maybe he could have put Michalenko, Michalenko back. I can't get my words right. Michalenko. Michalenko back in at left at left side at centre back of a mm. three. Right. I put Dwight McNeil at left wing back. Maybe that would have solved the problems. Mm. I think it's that adaptability that we need to start being able to do during games. Because mm. if every other side can change the way they play during a match, or not every side, but good sides, we've got to find that as well. And mm. even that, if it's just responding to what they do, of course it is as well. If they listen, if they're going to decide, if they if the opposition decide they're going to play the full backs really high, well, how do we counter that? Mm. We counter that by having three centre backs and your wing backs becoming become uh, you. Wingers becoming wing backs. That's how count how you counter it. And it, you know, we've done that before anyway. We've played with three at the back. You know, Sean Dyche has played with three. It's not a negative tactic. In fact, it's a positive tactic if you do it the right way. Gives you an extra man. So maybe that's the way we got to start looking, and and that's how we move forward uh, as a team. Maybe it's, we're just not quite there at the moment. Um, and that's for the manager, but that's also for the players as well. That's for the likes of. Dan Juman and Beto to sort themselves out and prove to the manager that they've got something to offer because at the moment it doesn't really feel like they have got something to offer because if they're not getting on the pitch at stages during the game where there's still a lot to um, lot to offer, then because if a player looks knackered after 70 minutes and you're not taking them off, what does that say about the players who, who, who can't get on the pitch? So that's up to them every day in training yeah. to be at it. Yes, the gauntlet thrown down, isn't it? Right, there you go. We're going to carry on on Trophy TV Premier. Now, if you want to become a Premier member, the link is in the description um, and the QR code will be on the screen. Otherwise, hit the like button, subscribe if you haven't. Big thanks to Jack. Let us know what you think in the comments section below. See you later.